0: aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don.
1: I am Don Crawford, Jr., the very thankful owner and general manager of KAAM Radio and the host of this fine program, Estate Planning Essentials, and I'm sitting with my co-host, my attorney, my very good friend who only gets better every day, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael.
2: Hi, Don. How are you doing? Happy holidays.
1: Happy holidays to you, too. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All those uh, important holidays. I wish you nothing but the best. And I'm just glad that uh, we're going to complete another year together as partners in so many ways. And um, it is the season, and happy holidays, as we mentioned before. And um, we want to talk about those uh, themes behind those holidays, where it talks about and emphasizes giving. And um, that's what Hanukkah, Christmas, even New Year's is all about, giving yourself, making sacrifices. And I've always said it's always... Better to give than to receive. There's so much, so much more joy in giving to someone. And Michael, you want to talk about giving today with uh, with a legal perspective to make sure everybody knows what the laws and rules are.
2: You know, the rules change on an annual basis. On, uh, for example, how much you can give at your passing. Uh, but also this year, there's a increase on the amount that you can give without reporting to the IRS. And I find that most people are under the misconception that the one who receives the gift is the one who would have to pay tax on the receipt of the gift. Mm-hmm. But actually, the one who makes the gift, the donor, is the responsible party for any kind of gift tax. However, most people don't have to pay a gift tax, although they have a duty to report if they give more than the annual exclusion. The annual exclusion is going up from fifteen thousand to sixteen thousand in year twenty twenty two. So if one individual makes a gift uh, of sixteen thousand or less in year twenty twenty two, or a married couple thirty two thousand dollars or yet or less in year twenty twenty two to one individual, then there is no duty report. So if a married couple has three children, um uh, that means 16 from one spouse and 16 from the other, that's 32. And you multiply that by three, a total of $96,000 that could be given without reporting to the IRS. If they gave away more than that to the adult child, then the one who makes the gift or to anybody for that matter, other than themselves, there's no there's no gift tax between spouses. Um, if they gave away more than that then there's a duty to report by the donor, not the donee, by the donor to the IRS. However, that does not mean that there's a gift tax because you could use up what you could give at death during your life. The amount that you could give at death as an individual in year 2021, and I know everybody is most people don't fit in this category, but you could give away 11.7 million dollars at death without there being an estate tax, at least in Texas. Now, again, there are some state gift and estate taxes in other states, so this is different for Texas than many states. Okay, uh, so we're fortunate in that regard, and that amount is going up from 12 million, excuse me, $11,700,000 to 12060000 in on January 1, 2022. So if you gave away the full exemption in year 2021 by the married couple of $11.7 million each, in other words, a total of $23,400,000, uh, and you had wanted to give uh, more, well, in year 2022, you could give up an additional 720 thousand dollars because you've used up all of your exemption mm-hmm. in 2021. So there's a duty to report, but there wouldn't be any gift tax if you've given less than that what you could give at debt. Okay. So uh, let me. So in other words, let me put it a, a simpler way. If you give away, um, if you give away 16 thousand, and you gave away 116 thousand instead of giving away. Uh, uh, only 12 only <laughs> 12 million you subtract 100,000 from that 12060000 that you can give it debt and most people don't have you know uh, 11 million uh, and and change to begin with uh, so it's probably not going to be any state tax but for the wealthy um then they do sometimes take advantage of this because you know not only can you give away an asset but if the asset Uh, may grow. And so there will be a smaller estate. And so uh, that is something that more well-to-do people do uh, as far as estate planning. By the way, it's not just making gifts. There are different ways of making gifts, uh, just besides just writing a check or something like that. There are other things that you could do as far as planning. So for example, if you pay somebody's tuition directly, that is not counted Towards the gift tax exclusion, or if you pay somebody else's medical expenses, that would not count uh, towards the fifteen or sixteen thousand, depending if it's twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two figures. Some people even give to like five twenty nines. If they did that, you could give up to five years. So right now, where you know some people would rather have a five twenty nine, uh, then. If they do that, then they do have to report. You could give up to five years. In other words, right now, in 2021, seventy-five thousand, uh, or uh, eighty thousand, 2022, by one individual, uh, for um, basically for 529. So, uh, you do report that. But uh, if you prefer a 529, if you don't have a 529, you pay directly to the institution. It doesn't have to be, by the way, college. It could be, um, you know, some Private school or something, uh, you could do that now, uh, and uh, there would not be the, it's, a, it's not limited to the annual exclusion. Uh, so, a lot of people do that. And there's, by the way, there are sometimes people do different types of trust. Some people have even what's called a present interest gift, uh, where you had create a trust and you give the beneficiary, let's say children, a right to withdraw for 30 days. This is called a crummy power, uh, based on a case of crummy versus the IRS commissioner uh, many, many years ago, uh, even before I was in law school. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that's a while. A lot of people, probably a lot of congressmen, want to get rid of it. Uh, but because they had the right to withdraw, it's technically like a gift. So, you, so some people just make outright gifts. Some people do these present interest gifts. Some people pay directly to a uh, let's say a uh, college education for uh, t- for tuition which is exclusive of the annual exclusion of fifteen or sixteen thousand dollars fifteen thousand twenty twenty one, sixteen thousand twenty twenty two, 2022 or if you pay somebody's medical expenses then that's also an exclusion so there are different ways to make gifts uh, and it would um, and it doesn't count as income to the one who receives the gift, and the one who makes the gift, the donor, uh, just has to file a gift tax return on the excess over the annual exclusion. So, if I gave away 106,000 and the exclusion was 16,000, then you subtract the 16. That means 90,000 would be subject to how much you could give at death. So you'd subtract ninety thousand from eleven. Uh, well, actually, twelve million sixty thousand as of January first. So, uh, so you could give away an awful lot, and uh, without even having to pay a gift tax, because you could use what you have at death during life, and so most people would not have any gift taxes. Uh, and of course, as we may have mentioned. if the asset increases in value, this reduces the uh, estate of the one who makes a gift, so there might be less of an estate tax. Uh, In some states, they have separate gift taxes and estate taxes. In addition to the federal law, Texas is not one of those states. The estate tax exemption uh, is supposed to be reduced in half as of January first, 2026. So, if that were to be, let's say, as of January first, 2022, instead, that would have been roughly a little over six million dollars per person. Um, there had been talk, uh, you know, that in our Congress to reduce that sooner than 2026 to help pay for some of the different bills that have been are presently before Congress. However, as of November 3rd, that was kind of taken off the table. However, we'll have to see what a final bill might be, and which we should expect it to happen in the next couple of weeks, you would think, before Congress recesses. Um, so if that occurs, it is possible they could bring it back into a final bill, but we do not anticipate that because it uh, was not gaining any strength. So... Um, so as a result, uh, the law will keep on being the same with an increase for inflation. As we know, for Social Security, it went up 5.9% this year. And so similarly, other things went up as well, and including this gift tax and estate tax exclusion amount, which to most people are, are quite surprised on how much you could give away and that the one who makes the gift is actually the one responsible But they're not even have to file a gift tax return I think it's a 709 I could be mistaken on the number I'm not an accountant but you file a gift tax return with the IRS uh, on the amount that's in excess of the annual exclusion
1: Well, you're not an accountant but you're a very smart personal uh, estate planning attorney and we were talking about this topic before the program today and uh, I brought up a personal injury topic and I thought well I'm not sure about taxes on that, but I don't think you have to pay taxes on personal injury or you do have to pay taxes or something, and we weren't completely sure. So I understand currently from what I read is that recoveries from physical injuries and physical sickness are tax-free, as Michael said. However, physical symptoms of emotional distress like headaches and stomach aches is taxed, which is interesting. My point is that, This is complicated. I assumed something. Michael corrected me. I looked it up. I think these are the facts. But Michael, for the last 15 minutes and every program, doesn't read anything. A lot of programmers do. He knows this stuff, like his middle name. And he knows estate planning, and he knows about gifting. And this is why you need to hire him to become your next estate planning attorney or at least attend his next workshop. And that next workshop is online via Zoom. On Thursday, December the 16th at 1 p.m., and you can sign up various ways, which we'll talk about in a second, but the workshop's two hours where you get to ask questions uh, or a question about your individual circumstances, and Michael very rarely will say, I don't know, but 99% of the time he does know because he each breathes, and sleeps this stuff. And Michael, tell us more about those workshops because you've done tens and tens of them, if not hundreds.
2: Yeah, we've been doing them for nine years, and we do them every well, couple of weeks now or so. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know how many that is, but basically, we ask people, "What do you want to know? Is it about estate planning? Is it about uh, Medicaid benefits or Veterans right. benefits? Right? Uh, and is it, it want to know what the difference between a will or trust is, or what's a power of attorney, or what other you know legal documents people use in connection with their estate planning?" We don't know what the questions are. Maybe it's something that's new that's happening in Congress. Maybe uh, there's some sort of bill that affects you. Last year we talked about the SECURE Act and IRAs. Uh, this year, well, we'll see what happens uh, that's coming up real soon. Uh, maybe by the time this next workshop, a new bill may have come out. And if it did, somebody might ask about it and see how it affects them. We don't know what the questions are going to be because everybody has their own questions, their own concerns. Uh, So we ask people what they want to know, and then over the next two hours, although we will give a presentation, we answer your questions. You could be seen or you don't have to be seen. It's very simple. Uh, And you could do it from your own comforts of your own home by just clicking a button. And even if you've never used Zoom before, we will tell you how. We'll make it simple for you. Some people just use an iPhone. Some people just have a laptop. But whatever the case may be, we make it simple for you. Probably about a third of our, since we have a lot of people who happen to be elderly that ask questions, about a third of them uh, have never used Zoom before or have questions. And we tell them how to do it. Don't worry about it. This way you can have no obligation. It's free. It's two hours of free legal education. And you can just ask the questions you want to know. Here we are at the end of the year. We always think about what are we going to do, how are we going to protect our family and our loved ones, uh, especially here it is at Christmas time. Uh, and we think about our family because we love our family generally. Most people do. Uh, and so what do we do? We, we think about what can we do to make sure that things are as easy as for them as possible if we should become disabled or die. And we just ask you whatever it is that you want. What is it you want to know? And then we proceed to answer those questions. And even if we haven't gone in as much detail as you want, for those people who attend the free Estate Planning Essentials Workshop, we give them a free one-hour vision meeting as well. And then you can talk in person or uh, in any other way, uh, and we can go over your questions in more detail uh, or review your existing estate planning documents. To be able to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop and perhaps get that one hour free uh, without obligation vision meeting, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102 or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to attend that next workshop on December 16th, which is a Thursday at 1
1: o'clock. Excellent. Now, this is not why uh, a lot of people are moving to Texas these days, Michael, but it is an issue for uh, Texans to realize, for people who don't live in Texas, like Oklahoma or anywhere where they hear this program, and that is my understanding is that there are a good number of states, including the District of Columbia, that levy separate estate or inheritance taxes And so isn't that a problem and concern for a lot of people since taxes can start at one there?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think there's 17 states, uh, if my memory is correct, that have these different – an additional gift and estate tax or some sort of inheritance tax. There's different types of uh, taxes. Some people have inheritance taxes, death taxes, state taxes, gift taxes. And so whatever I tell you is only applicable to Texas. And so uh, if you do have property in another state, that's something that should be reviewed because it does make a difference on your planning. And it may be that you want to have, like in your trust, let's say you have a trust, you make sure that Texas is the proper jurisdiction. So your question was actually very pertinent because let's say you were in California and had a California trust, and then, of course, in California – Most people have trust because probate is so much more difficult there than in other states. So they have a living trust, a revocable living trust, that says that California is the jurisdiction. But California may have gift and estate taxes in addition, besides the estate income taxes and things like that. So you want to make sure if somebody moved from California to Texas that your trust would be revised to make sure that it says Texas is the jurisdiction so there would be less taxes.
1: Pretty amazing, um, pretty threatening, but I guess it's almost double jeopardy or double dipping when they do something like that, and it doesn't sound very fair to me, but I guess this is an exceptional way for those states to make extra income to pay their bills.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just like anything. You, How do you pay your bills You, if you if you don't? Uh, either you cut expenses or you increase taxes, right. and uh, so some states are more uh, Tax friendly than others. I, uh, although I haven't read all the details, I was reading about in California how for Medicaid they no longer go- there. Have a bill that's uh, being passed. Uh, we think uh, that says there's no longer a limit on resources; it's only on income. I was thinking about writing an article saying California, here I come, because <laughs> now you're encouraging people to with assets but lower income to come to be that, to a welfare state. I shouldn't say it that way, but basically, uh, that's what it is. It's just like on anything. It's just like, you know, you have, um, if you live in, um, you know, let's say the border of Portland and Washington, people in Vancouver, Washington uh, live there because there's they have different state income tax in one state and no property taxes in the other. So people live across the river, shop in, uh, let's say, in Portland where there's no uh, sales tax, but um, uh, or there might be a you no know, state income tax in Washington or something like that. So you encourage people to live across the river in that case because there's less taxes.
0: Right. Uh,
2: so same thing here. You're if you might be encouraging somebody to come where they could get uh, public benefits by having no resource limit.
1: Uh, time is of the essence. 2022 is right around the corner. There are new rules and laws that may benefit you. They may not. Um, it's the season for family to get together, uh, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's, to talk about these issues. Why not attend Michael's next workshop beforehand so that you're much more knowledgeable and current on what is happening and what could happen? To do so, attend his next workshop, which is Thursday, December the 16th at 1 o'clock, dial two one four seven two zero. Zero one zero two, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com. DallasElderLawyer.com for that Zoom online workshop. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen. Thank you, sir. Thank you, and happy holidays to all.